Hi, everyone. Welcome to Unfolding Sharp Corners, a podcast creating a community space to discuss all the taboo topics we're told not to talk about. I'm Barthi Rupani, and this is my co-host. Hi, everyone. I'm Sherry Arasachin. And in each episode, we'll be unfolding a sharp taboo topic, exploring a variety of perspectives, and finding a new relationship to it. All right, let's get started. Hello. (laughs) Hi, we're having some recording fun with Zoom. (laughs) Hi, everybody. I'm so excited for this episode because of looking, we're, we're doing a recap of our um, series with children of immigrants. And as we were preparing for this, I was excited about the arc that we've covered. So yes. excited to talk about that. And even before that, we were accidentally uncovering or stumbling upon or unfolding what <laughs> might be coming ahead for the podcast and, and um, potentially new directions we're headed yes. in. So I'm excited to get to that too. Yes, um, same. So- yeah, tell me, Barthi, like looking at our um, this series, this episode a series around um, children, children of immigrants. You know, what what are you seeing? What are you excited about that you want to share or remember in the recap? Hmm. Um, I think for me, it as we were going through every single conversation, there was just so much that. A, I was learning about everybody else's experience and then B, how much was resonating for me. Um, And I just, I'm amazed by that because we just spoke to so many different wonderful people with so many different stories. And every single time we were recording, I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think of that. Or, oh my gosh, yes, that sounds so like familiar. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know there were such, um, I think when I'm in spaces with other children of immigrants and immigrants and like people who have assimilated within this country, especially that there's mm-hmm. um, such an immediate, it's such a strange word, like bond or kinship, even though yeah. we've only talked for like an hour, you know, in our podcast, I feel like, oh, I, I get you or at least I get this part of you really Mm -hmm. well and Mm -hmm. and I feel like you get me so maybe I'm saying I feel a sense of belonging or less aloneness in my experience because of um, people's stories that they were so um, generously sharing um, in this series yeah yeah I, I I don't know about you but I was completely blown away with um there were two stories that I think I was like completely blown away. One was our borderlanders conversation with Rachel. And then the other one was um, a transnational and transracial adoptions with Michaela. And I, you know, um, the second one, Michaela's story has like made me go into a deeper dive into just adoption and just like exposing myself to some more of these stories, especially when they're transracial and trans um, national. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that one was definitely, you know, I've, I have folks in my life who are both adopted or transracial adoption or transnational adoptions. And like, I, I know that at a surface level, but to hear someone's experience and what, you know, what Michaela specifically was unfolding for herself in that moment and all she was holding and how mm-hmm. she was holding that with mm-hmm. her um, adopted, her, her adopted mother, her, you know, that the person who adopted her, right. um, that that was also like, um, like her journey to realizing and uncovering and then being with and exploring and integrating and then, and then also connecting with others and what she was doing to like create more space for this conversation and be a beacon for others mm-hmm. um, who with that experience. Um, I think there was just one admiration for her in all of that. And then yeah. also like so much, like she brought in the pieces around um, like the, the like capitalist pieces mm-hmm. of adoption and like the, like the business of adoption and like yeah. these big, like it actually upset me four days after I think there was also something else going on in the 
when is the something world, else not going right? on in the world? But like <laughs> these things that were like systemic, right? Decisions by governments, by businesses yes. to like make more money that then have real world consequences in our bodies and our lifetimes and our trauma and, and how those get passed down and, and the loss that we face the grief, you know, that all of that was like, it just really sat with me. Right. Um, and like, uh, worked with like worked through me for the next, I don't know how long, you know, just, it just really impacted me um, more in the, like, not so much specific to adoption, but specific to, power the conversation around power and decisions people in power make and how that plays out in our day-to-day life um which i guess in that moment made me feel a little powerless to be honest um but also like you know it actually brings me to like this arc that we have across these episodes we talked Mm -hmm. about grief and we talked about um moving from assimilation to activism and and living on the borders across um and like and then we moved into this uh our last three folks around after you realize and you're trying to move away from assimilation we talked with byron about finding yourself after assimilation and both clarissa and pauline were like moving into this flourishing and belonging to yourself as immigrants and children of immigrants so like this arc of um you know the pain of the experience um and acknowledging that um and then moving into a place of taking action around it and coming into your own. And then not only that, but like actually owning it and using it as part of like, not using it in a like tool kind of way, but like realizing the power of who you are. And even though these systems have created an impact and created a a way that of being in your body um, that you can regain and reown all of yourself and integrate it. And that that's really a powerful version vision of you and, and what you do from there is really powerful. Um, right. So I was just like, I don't think we intended for this no. particular order. Like people signed up to interview in the order that they signed up to interview, like whatever they're available, but it's like beautiful, this arc that came through. Yeah, it is. It is. It's, it's amazing that it worked out that way without us even really trying, like, <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty cool. (laughs) That's definitely really cool. Yeah. I think one thing that I'm realizing now as you speak, um, and this is not fully formed, you know, but when we have these systems of oppression or systems or corrections, even like two systems of oppression, um, they're not really solving the problem of oppression. They're solving a totally different problem. So for example, Give me an example. like yeah. I'm thinking of Michaela's um, story and we talked very briefly about um, how transnational adoption really started in America with the influx of children being adopted from Korea. Very, very lightly, mm-hmm. we touched on that. That was, that problem was created because of a war mm-hmm. and a war we had no right getting into, right? Right. And then to solve that problem, right? oppressors went in and adopted children to save them. Right. 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 So it's not really solving the problem of the oppression. We're just solving a really totally different problem. Like, oh yeah, we right. created this mess. Now let's save you from it and and we see this cycle whether it's adoption or um something else you know like i i don't know (laughs) i don't know what other examples i can i can't think of something right now like i said i'm just still forming this yeah Mm -hmm. instead of like dealing with the real problem we're just like going around fixing band-aiding it like let's just solve the problem oh yeah oh yeah yeah i mean that's what police are right oh my gosh we create this problem and then we're like oh let's um even like i think with police in particular i think that's like i think the message is like 
we are not supporting folks in so many ways, systemically healthcare, yeah. right? education, uh, like so much trauma that has intergenerational trauma that has passed down and, and people are, their bodies are living out this trauma. Mm-hmm. And then we are policing on top of that and adding to that trauma and then creating more trauma that just continues to pass on. Right. And people are like, we need police or we need, you know, and it's like, we no, actually we need community <laughs> care. Yeah. And we need to like, go, go way back, go to the source. And like, if we can return to our humanity and to supporting each other in yeah. community, that there's like, we don't have to have police, right? Um, that there's, there's, yeah. So like stop band-aiding it, right? And going and way back to the source. Yeah, yeah. Let's just go to the source and solve that. <laughs> like right. let's right. solve for right. capitalist societies and imperialism. <laughs> yes. Um, instead let's, of. How about, how about yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. Let's <laughs> just solve yeah. that. So, Yes. That's all. Just, just that minor thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. You got yeah. this. Can I, you fit it on next Tuesday? <laughs> yeah. I think I have some room. I have about Perfect. half an hour. I think that should be enough. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So like, I think another, I think I wanted to return to what you were saying around borderlanders mm-hmm. as well. Cause I thought that was such an interesting episode. Yeah. I just hadn't even, just when we saw Rachel submit her request to be on the podcast and be a guest that I was like, Oh wow. What a life. And so like Rachel and her partner um, live across the San Diego Tijuana border and commute back and forth for work. And then the pandemic happened. So she talked about just that experience in general, what life was like there and is like there and the impact for folks of needing to cross the border to work, um, to go to school and what's required of them in their time. And then, but also what I loved about that was um, Rachel was talking about like what a strength the, the people in this world that live across cultures. Yeah. 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 People who live across cultures, immigrants, children of immigrants, borderlanders, people are crossing that, you are forced to adapt and innovate and change. And like, there's so much um, untapped energy and untapped skill Mm -hmm. in humans that have to do, to navigate multiple cultures at once, right? Mm -hmm. And that we have a very specific, a unique perspective and skill set that is, is maybe looked down upon even. And yeah. it's actually like something to be appreciated and revered and applied and to mm-hmm. be learned from. And right. I, I thought that was like such a powerful message for her to share. Yeah, I, I agree with you that. Uh, and I think we talked about this very briefly when we were recording with um, uh, when we were recording that episode. Um, one thing that comes to mind for me is folks that speak a second language and mm-hmm. if you are an immigrant or a child of immigrant, it's looked and you speak multiple languages, it's not celebrated at all. In fact, if you speak to your mother or father in your language, it's frowned upon and it's looked down upon in America, especially. However, wait, wait. if you speak French and Italian and German, that's, then it's revered, yeah. right? Yeah. Then there's another weird. layer to that. That's too. A, yes, there is another layer to that as well. But if you are rich and you studied language and now uh-huh. you speak some version of the t- language that you were taught. I don't, and I don't care what language you were taught in school, but like those people that like go around and like, Oh yeah, I majored in like, fill in blank and like they speak it and they learn some like dialect of it they don't learn like colloquial right they don't learn the cultural like way of speaking and yeah and that that is celebrated I'm like why but why right well here right right and then there's like this this uh I saw this post recently around the why do we call some people expats and some people oh immigrants? yes this one this one drives me nuts why <laughs> why I know because why they're not do white. you know why right? like, yeah <laughs> like but, yeah exactly I, 
I I actually was um I said somebody said this to me recently. They kept calling themselves an expat or something like that. And I was just like, oh, they don't call you immigrant there. And like <laughs> the person, Love the you person so was just like, what the fuck? And I'm like, uh-huh. but but you call anybody else that comes to this country an immigrant. Like my parents right. get called immigrant. Right. But why are you an expat? Right. And like, yeah. I- Let's just talk Ooh, about I it. Had another layer to that because, like, my folks, they are immigrants to this country, mm-hmm. but then they retired and they moved back to India. Yeah. And what are they? Are they expats? Are they they're immigrants? Expats. Like, <laughs> well, why right. not? They're expats. <laughs> right. Right. It's like, uh, you know, I think there's like a class piece of that. Oh, right? there's a race piece and a class yeah. piece of that too, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, let's like, think about why you're calling yourself or others expat mm-hmm. or immigrants anyway. Yeah. So like that was another, just the, the, like the appreciation and value in society for people who have lived in multiple cultures, you know, and what that actually is, is to be celebrated about that. Right. Um, I think I, I also personally resonated with Byron's mm-hmm. um, this, like as someone who grew up, um, very much like as a survival mechanism, moving into white adjacency, yeah. um, living the model minority myth, like all of those pieces yeah. um, and not having a role model, you know, or someone to put to change things or to have any voice, you know, to tell me that it doesn't have to be this way or that what I was experiencing and in assimilating into white culture as, as like, as a child, you know, you're, you're taking it in, but you're also some part of you is like, this doesn't feel good. Even if you're a child and you don't fully realize it and your parents don't know to support you with that because they're also figuring that out and it's about survival. And so this, this experience Byron had, I remember him talking about going to Nordstrom or I think it was with his mom, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and the like, yeah, the only place that she felt treated well well. um, because of their level of customer service. And so like, it, it just this like layer upon layer of, you know, your parents are trying to survive and then you're trying to assimilate because that's all, you know, and you don't have anyone else to guide you. And then later realizing what's happening and your disconnection mm-hmm. from your own culture. And he talked about not just culture, but from Asian and male, like the intersection mm-hmm. of that and like yeah. what is Asian maleness, you know, and Asian yeah. masculinity yeah. Um, in this world. So there was like so much there that, um, that I just was like, oh my God, I have so much to unpack. And, uh, and also that same, like, oh my God, I feel so connected to and belonging yeah. with you around this, this particular topic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Byron's Byron's whole story was very captivating for me because like there's also the layer of his family left mainland China if I'm not mistaken he said and they migrated to the Philippines Mm -hmm. so he has his Mm -hmm. whole heritage too yes that's right like he has this whole Chinese heritage as well that 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 adds a complexity to like who he who he is as a person um right and then not only that like what I really loved about his story was this idea of sorry there's like (laughs) siren truck or something (laughs) passing by I don't know what that is so if you all can hear that that it's just the fire truck Uh, nothing nothing else happening and I lost my train of thought (laughs) it's saying stop talking about the talking about this no we will not <laughs> stop talking about this yeah no um, like, you were talking about byron being of like multiple heritage lines of heritage yeah there was like multiple lines of heritage and then like having to um find yourself like find yourself through that too like uh, you know yes there's like the big umbrella of asian but then it's actually filipino but then it's actually chinese Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, just you know just going down that um that path and then also you know just like you said the intersectionality of being a man 
but then no being an asian man no being a filipino man and chinese man mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know there's so many layers yeah yeah and it's just like i can't even imagine what that exploration is like for him personally versus like what you know yeah. obviously what he can put into words versus like what he's actually experiencing in his body yeah yep yep yeah yeah and then our last two were around um surviving to flourishing mm-hmm. yeah moving from that you talk about another one another person clarissa another episode that was around living in, across multiple cultures um right. clarissa was someone who was um biracial mm-hmm. i believe asian and white yes. and then and then also then uh it became an immigrant or expat in Amsterdam, <laughs> right? And that there was like, there's so many lines of, so many borders crossed, right? Yeah. And, and living in those and, and coming to an ownership of all of her identities, wherever she is, and, and seeing that as a source of strength yeah. um, for herself. I think the thing that blew me away about her story was, um, and this was very true for the um, the conversation we had with Pauline as well, mm-hmm. is this ownership of, of I am American or I am English yeah. and there's no question about it. Like nobody's going to ask them like, where, where are you really from? <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, that mm-hmm. is it. Like I'm American. Like Pauline living yeah. in England. Yeah. 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 Or yeah, living in, in uh, England and saying she was American. Yeah. Wait, was it Pauline that was I forget. I thought she was from England and living in America. And I don't know. Yes, she well, she had another. She was she grew up, she was like ethnically Chinese, grew up in England, lived in America, then went to s- not Singapore, Hong Kong, oh, and then now right. lives in the Bay Area, yes, right? And yes, so yes. like here we are again, crossing multiple borders across your life. And who are you in each place? And, yeah. and just owning like who I am. Yeah. Right. And like that, all of it was part of it. Yeah. So like, it was such a lovely uh, episode to wrap yeah. this series with, you know? Yeah, um, definitely. And like work, work, we all, well, I won't say we all, I would, I am continuing, right. Belonging to ourselves mm-hmm. as we are, as we like, you know, in some ways, as we grieve, as we work to, um, you know, we didn't even touch on like moving into activism, you know, even like with Dorothy, like this, Mm -hmm. this place of recognizing your, um, your assimilation and moving this journey into like becoming more vocal about it. And then into talking about, you know, okay, now, now I'm active, I'm finding myself and now I'm flourishing, like such a, I don't know, such a gorgeous set of interviews that I really, really loved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I definitely love this series. Um, And I think it's just, I know we've shared this with folks before, but they just resonate for us because we are first generation. Our parents Mm -hmm. are expats, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, and we did grow up in a culture that's completely different than, you know, had we grown up where our parents are from. Right. Right. I'm actually, I'm catching on, I'm catching something in my other, like a flag goes up for um, choosing to call our parents expats is like, who says immigrants are bad? You know, like there's yeah. also a valuation that, oh, yeah, immigrant, totally. you know, not that you're saying that, but like no, no. that immigrant since slower than expat, you know, and like expat has this like bouginess to it. Yeah, <laughs> people have made a immigrant a bad word and it's actually right. supposed to be a good word. <laughs> right, right. Do we, I think there is a day, I was, I've been thinking about this sidebar for a second of like, I, I don't know that there's a holiday or maybe there is, but I want there to be a holiday that celebrates immigrants to this country. Um, If that doesn't already exist, because I think if you know about this date, if there is something out there, please let us know because I want to talk about that and I want to celebrate that. And like, because, because exactly what our guests were saying, Mm -hmm. like we go through so much and because we go through so much, we have so much to offer um, because we hold so much about living across cultures and borders and, and, and living and doing and being ourselves in that. Right. Um, And 
this like resonance we're feeling as we were preparing for this episode um, was also bringing up, you know, one of the things we are, by the time you are listening to this episode, we will have already completed our summer (laughs) break, but we are taking a summer break. Um, And we were thinking we would come back briefly sometime over the summer to think about like, what are, what's the intention of this podcast now? What's here now? What's present? Where, how are we evolving? Um, And that's still something that's up in the air. And by the time you listen to this, we will have already decided, you know, what's next. Um, But one I wanted to, because I'm particularly excited about something that came up today um, as we were recording this, um, I'm really excited about this possibility. Literally all this just came up in like 10 minutes before we started recording. Yeah. Like, but it just brought so much energy. You know, we were taking a break because it's, it is quite a grind to like record and put out content regularly. And it's always good for rest um, to take a rest and take breaks. Also, um, it's the summer. It's also the summer. That's yeah. true. Let's take, <laughs> let's bring back summer vacation. Yes. Um, Formalized <laughs> summer vacations for adults. Yes. Yes. Oh God. Yes. Um, and it's funny because as we started to talk about this potential idea for the podcast, I was like, oh, wait, let's not take a break. Let's do it. I'm so excited about it, which <laughs> is not true. I'm going to, I'm going to take a break. I am excited about it. We are taking a break. Um, but let me, let's share the idea. So like, yes. <laughs> um, it's still evolving, but it's something along the ideas of like both Barthi and I are of course, South Asian. Um, and we were talking about, um, about Hinduism or about our cultures and the, the different perspectives that, you know, Barthi grew up in one perspective as a child of immigrants, but closer to at least Indian American culture. I grew up with like, as an Indian person who learned to assimilate into white culture. Um, and just, I was feeling this envy of, of Barthi's connection and what she, and I was like, I would love to learn more about my own heritage and unlearn and actually like, let's name all these things that are like, even like what I'm going through now, learning how to take off this assimilation and, and all the shame that I feel and the guilt that I feel. Um, But like, not just for my own unlearning, but like, what are other folks experiencing as South Asian Americans and how does that liberation from that connect to the liberation you know, of others in the world, um, especially I would say uh, the black community, because mm-hmm. that is so important as an American. Um, but also like we talked about, well, help me out here, Barthi. I think it was like, um, like having different perspectives, bringing people on um, yeah. that, you know, and like connecting to even how liberate American liberation movements around like Black Panthers connected to like liberation movements in India. Like there's so much there that I have no idea about and I want to learn. Yeah. And I know you do too. Yeah. There's like, I actually, I feel like I know like at the surface level, like these, these things and I'm by no means an expert, but I have been really also just as interested in like learning about all of these movements. Like people, a lot, a lot of people talk about the, the, um, the Gandhi and Martin Luther King Jr. connection, Mm -hmm. right? Like everybody Mm -hmm. talks about that. Like everybody knows like, oh, the nonviolence approach and like they got, they united and like they helped each other, blah, blah, blah. Okay. That's like talked about. But there's actually it's also romanticized. It is it is highly romanticized because let's you know let's be honest with ourselves and get uncomfortable and say the thing. Mahatma Gandhi was hella racist <laughs> and problematic and, and, some, and super like, super problematic, right? And but cast and all these other pieces yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and you know there's but there's a bigger connection that people don't talk about, which is with India's liberation and the bank black Panthers. And right. there was I a had no idea until you connection me. there with the Dalit, uh, you know, um, community in India mm-hmm. and black mm-hmm. Panthers. Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. sure if we dig further into that, we would find other connections there. 
and yeah. and it's just like beautiful and you know yeah and yeah just going back to that like it's really romanticized because like what if the, you know um who is it that talks about this that like what if the oppressed is like out there far away from us and we don't see them then what what do they do you know like they don't they choose not to be violent like they have to take care of themselves right and there's like no view like no visibility into what they're being oppressed for like shouldn't mm. they fight back so that that's a tangent i was but, gonna say i'm not quite following you to be no, honest no. <laughs> like there's this whole concept of like non-violence i'm going on a tangent uh, but like uh-huh. there's okay let's go there like non-violence and it's totally romanticized like I said um and you said that too like it's romanticized Uh but if they're let's say the oppressed the oppressor is like doing this to the oppressed far away and nobody has visibility into it Uh Uh the media coverage on it we have no idea Uh so the oppressed should just choose non-violence to right like right it makes no sense so anyway that's just my right that's my little tangent on the the whole romanticization of mlk and gandhi but right (laughs) and mlk was was hated and like there's so many things that were like this romanticizing is also like these people were also uh i like to say shit stirrers you know in their time and people didn't were not fans of mlk we're not romanticizing him and quoting Mm -hmm. him and all these pieces right like yeah they was hated you know there was yeah he was hated, right? Yeah, so like, he was hated. Let's, and that applies to so many folks that we romanticize and idealize. And yeah. and a lot of the people are, uh, there's a, all your faves are problematic, right? Like everybody is are. problematic yeah. in some ways, right? So like, yeah. but, so we don't need to romanticize. We can just name all of the, the truths and complexities yeah. within a yeah. human being. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, I mean, but coming back to like, yes. there's so many connections and there's so many like, times where India's liberation has been connected to um, the liberation of the black community in America. And I have no idea about that. There's so much erasure in that. There's so much erasure. And like the other thing too, like we talk about a lot of like other, I am by no means trying to compare other refugee experiences, but like we don't, talk about one of the largest refugee situations that occurred because of British colonization when the partition Mm -hmm. of India and Pakistan happened. My family is directly affected by that. (laughs) So it's just Mm -hmm. like, so things Mm -hmm. like that, that we just don't learn about and don't talk about. And it's just really sad. It's really, really sad. I think that's that's actually where this conversation started. We talked about erasure um, mm-hmm. in even I appreciate being included in like AAPI, Asian American mm-hmm. Pacific Islander or APA. And I also feel like I think we talked about like that's convenient for white folks, mm-hmm. you know, to group us all together and but that there is like. Meanwhile. <laughs> Right. Literally, we talk about literally half the world, like 2 billion people between China and India. And we have such different cultures and such different, right. And like, yeah. It's, and within so India, much difference. Yeah. Like there's so much, like the, the, even like the language is so different within India, like in the Northern right. India part, we're speaking Indo, um, Indo, uh, Euro and Indo languages. And mm-hmm. In the southern part of India, we're Dravidian. Dravidian. And it's two totally different languages. Yes. Completely. And and then like in all of their dialects and everything and how they mix in between and all of those pieces, right? Yeah. Yeah, There's so much there. Like that was another level of erasure we talked about was like the, which a little bit of me, like I said, is like happy to not be so visible to white culture is um, South Asian, South, South Indian, you know? Um, That like my part of Indian culture is not as visible. Like when you think of India, it, it, 
typically goes to like North Indian traditions yeah. and food and music and all of those pieces. And like, um, like it hasn't been yours hasn't layers. been bastardized yet. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And that's why I'm like a little protective of it and like don't need to actually bring that up. But, um, but also it is a part that, you know, I want to step into and own more of and get to know yeah. better and, and celebrate and share with others, but not in a way where you get to appropriate it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just, and then there's like, even the word South Asian, like that doesn't just mean India and Pakistan or Sri no. Lanka, like that can mean Afghanistan, right? Like there's so yeah. many other countries that Nepal. Bangladesh that fit yeah. under Nepal, right? Yeah. We always forget there's Sri so Lanka, many Nepal and Bangladesh. I really like I, some, um, a creator recently called that out and they're like, when you, when you all say South Asian, are you including Bengal? Nepal and Sri Lanka and I have to say like so many times when I say South Asian I'm just immediately I'm thinking of India and Pakistan and Mm. and and it's not because I'm erasing it's not like I'm I don't include them like I don't inherently disinclude Bengali into our culture I include them but I just don't think of the country name. And I'm just like, but they're right. a whole country with a whole cultural set, with a whole right. language. I, I mean, <laughs> I just looked like Wikipedia, which is not necessarily always right, but it no. also includes Bhutan, the yes. Maldives, yes, the Maldives, right? Like, yeah. all, right? like all yeah. these places, excuse me, the, all these places that are, um, that are under this umbrella of South Asian. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, that are not, yeah, there's so much yeah. there. There's I'm going so to much hit mute yeah. because so I much. need to cough. Pardon me. Yes, you keep no talking. <laughs> yeah, there's just so much there. And like one other thing that, you know, um, I really appreciated you also saying that, like, you know, even though even though it feels like we're not included, like yes, we're included in the larger Asia bubble or like umbrella, but like pointing out the fact that like we're not we're also like separate from that and one thing that resonates for me is that when people even talk about Asian they are typically people are not talking about South Asians they are actually talking about East Asians so I grew up always feeling like nobody cares about India they don't even like know what where we exist or where we are. And then another unless it's thing, your joke. Yeah, unless you're the butt of, you're always the butt of the joke. And I, I I grew up like seeing a lot of like Hinduism and Hindus being the butt of the joke. And then of course we know how our Muslim um, community is treated, like right. especially since the late nineties, they've been treated as, you know, terrorists and that's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even before 9/11, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and it's just, it's really just, it just makes me really sad. Like we have this beautiful culture in South Asia, India and Pakistan and Bengal and Sri Lanka and Nepal and Maldives and all of it. <laughs> There's like all this amazing beautiful culture and each country in each of its regions has a very different culture and it's slightly different the clothes are different the language is different the food is different like right shit have you ever had kashmiri food it's like totally different than like right. any or kashmiri right. chai it's like right it's pink oh and then the intersection <laughs> of like indo-chinese yes, right? like yes. That, that that border has a whole another set of whole culture. different culture yeah right and it's just like I always felt this sense of like, we're not included in that. Mm -hmm. And I love that that we're starting to talk about it more and more and more. And now people, and I think there's like a little bit of ownership on our community. We're starting to call ourselves South Asian. I noticed that. And I love that. Like, yeah. Cause I I think, I think we, as a culture, well, I, I mean, my impression of our culture is white adjacency, right? Oh, and yeah. like yeah. pursuing that. And and that's trained into us or trained into our previous yeah. generations from like that's the trauma British colonization. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So like there's and so like unfortunately, like I think the like coming to terms with 
like, hey, you can't just because you are trying to assimilate doesn't protect you. Right. Yeah. The people are coming for you too. Right. Yeah. And it, it's, un, you know, unfortunately with violence, especially against our Sikh community. Mm. Uh, oh my God. That, yeah. That, that has yeah. been like um, a wake up. I hate to use mm-hmm. that, but it has been a wake up for um, what I see as a wake up for a community to realize like, just cause you uh, assimilate and try to be white or be close to whiteness doesn't protect you yeah Um, money doesn't protect you right like you can't change who you are and how people perceive Mm -hmm. your skin and you shouldn't have to do that Mm -hmm. and um yeah there's so much here like I like we could talk we could probably record the whole series like start recording right now but like there's so much passion here so I don't I want to like yeah so (laughs) this is still just a preview but this is like the thing that's unfolding for us us. yeah together Yeah. yeah 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 So I think that that's like, it's, there's a lot of energy and heat I'm feeling right now about that. And like, we're thinking, you know, could we bring in a third person that carries, you know, a lot of depth of knowledge and, and around this and it, you know, as we're unfolding this together, or, you know, could someone come in that has grown up in India and lives in America? Like maybe there's other perspectives that we could bring in um, other, I would love to have guests from Afghanistan or Nepal or, oh my gosh, or Maldives, yeah. Sri Lanka to like bring in their perspective, right? There's so much um, that we could explore and always connecting it to, um, like not always, but I, I think we should also think about connecting to liberation um, like collectively, you know, and like in unlearning this for ourselves, um, just like we learn about the experience of other marginalized groups and parties mm-hmm. that we, um, that, you know, those of our listeners who might not be South Asian, maybe there's something there for you. And, and also like you can help inform us around how does your liberation and what you're experiencing, like how can we build collectively around that um, as well? Yeah. So, yeah. 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 And I think that this is like such a perfect time to explore this for us because right now I think that um, what we're seeing happen in India, mm. not the COVID crisis. I mean, the, of course, the COVID crisis is like, is one piece caused by. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it, exactly. It, it, it's been caused by some other things underlying things that have been going on in India um Mm -hmm. and and but like what's happening in Kashmir right now yeah what's happening with our farmers in India Mm -hmm. um what's happening to our Muslim community in India yeah all of these things in a global perspective are also occurring because we're, what we're seeing in um, Palestine right now as well, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we're just, we're just, it's, it's happening everywhere, yes. you know? Yeah. Um, this like, I'll say it's like a right-wing conservative sort of nationalist, fundamentalist mm-hmm. mentality, wherever, whatever country you're in. You go to, you know, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that there's like this this rise of that kind of that energy. and yeah capitalism and imperialism yes. is at the, the crux yeah. of it too and yeah. so we're seeing yeah. all of that and I think that for us to explore our you know our culture and learning it and like uh, and being uncomfortable with what has happened yes. and led us to this I think is going to be yeah. really great for us yes yeah to like have space like Yes. I mean, there's so much I'm still working through, like all of this feels exciting. And I'm also like, oh shit, I'm about to put all my shit out there, you know, like, yeah, and that's okay that I feel safe doing that with you and with others. Um, in fact, I want to do this in community. Um, and maybe that helps others too. Um, yeah. but yeah, like there's so much, so much to undo and it's hard to undo by ourselves. Um, it really is. So it really is. I I'm actually looking forward to actually the community aspect of it. Yeah, same. And I, I, there's like two things that are like, like coming to mind for me is just like, you know, the only way we're gonna like liberate, um, 
ourselves and other communities is like we have to witness what is actually happening and not just band-aid that problem but like truly like dismantle it and like right. really get to the heart of it and like uh, like you know like just un- just keep digging and uncovering it and right. like and then getting to that heart and like fixing that because that's been that foundation has been cracked yeah and I, I think I want to bring it to like that has to happen like my most powerful lever is myself and like what's mm-hmm. happening inside of me because and the more I do my own work inside of me the more and sharing that community affects that group and, and mm-hmm. our community mm-hmm. but also the more I can connect my liberation to others right that's the piece is like that I'm not here to save no yeah. others that I'm here no. to work on my own shit yeah which collectively helps everybody yeah um, and yeah. I can also learn about other people's stuff that they're working through and their what they need for yeah. their liberation um so yeah. it, you know removing the like whiteness mm-hmm. uh white supremacist pieces yeah. that are in our it has been like we've been marinating in generationally for generations um, yeah especially yeah, the- especially anybody from south asia by the way right right like right especially yes yeah <laughs> 200 <laughs> fucking years guys <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep so that that i think like is it's exciting it's like you know, I, I always feel like I tell people when you feel scared and excited at the same time, mm-hmm. that the, there's, there's growth there. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah. something to follow. So like, that's what I'm feeling right now mm-hmm. is like, what am I signing up for? Yeah. Um, but also like, hell yeah. Like I've wanted to do, I've wanted some accountability and support in this mm-hmm. for a long time too. And so yeah. why not in expose this it all in the structure <laughs> <laughs> well don't put it like that but yes you're right that is what it is you know um yeah so like yeah. let's do this together and in community and like you know I think this idea will evolve we're, we're taking this break we'll come back and it might evolve but I I think this is sort of the meat of it and mm-hmm. I'm feeling really excited and juicy and uh, hype like lots of potential and lots of creativity and ideas around. I'm feeling a buzz for yeah. myself around. Same, it, so. same. Yeah. I agree. I I actually I was just having this conversation with um with Haiti earlier today who is our first guest in the series. Um so you you would have heard her episode by now. But <laughs> um I was just having this conversation with her earlier and it was in the context of we need to we need to break the cycle of toxic masculinity and the patriarchy because it's hurting not just our women and our children, but it's hurting our men too. Mm-hmm. They're hurting. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, yes, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And like, it was just made me think like, not, not like all the topics we've covered so far in this podcast, trauma, grief, race, um, sexuality, motherhood, right. All of these pieces can be layered over top of this, this next series too, right. Like all of those pieces, there's an intersection there to be explored too. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And yeah. And all that to share that, like, we need to heal this, trauma of white adjacency too yeah and 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 heal in in the community like the and yeah we need to bring hetero yeah like like white supremacy cisnormative thank you like all of these pieces right like there's so much there and like capitalism right like all of these capitalism just one of the things I, I just want to say one thing about it's a total tangent, but um, capitalism. Here's the thing, right? Colonization occurred because of capitalism. The Atlantic slave trade, where they ca- they s- stole human bodies and sold them, mm-hmm. like that occurred because of capitalism, right? Right. right? Same thing with yeah. the Pacific. Um, slave trade same reasons right 
um, colonization, imperialism, they're all intertwined. So in order, yeah. yeah. So I have recently come to the conclusion that in order to liberate, we, I think capitalism needs to just go away. Die. (laughs) I think it just needs to just go away. You know, and this is an area I would love someone (laughs) who holds a radical lens to because I think like this is somewhere that I believe that, but I also but I don't like, know how my to brain get there. wants to like, well, and my brain wants to understand, like, is that true? I think so. Like, I feel that because yeah. I'm the motivate, or is it just that it's like over extended, right? Like we hear about late stage capitalism and like, is there some benefit or I don't, I don't think so, but I want to understand it, you know, and, and yeah. be able to speak to it in a, in both like what I feel in my body mm-hmm. and, and in a, like, I understand it more deeply kind of way. I mean, that's just myself. Um, we're in the shit problem that we're in because of capitalism. Yes. I agree with that. So. Yeah. So yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, Okay. I'm like feeling so many things. <laughs> I'm feeling like very jazzed and very excited about it. And, um, and also we need to wrap because <laughs> also side note, I think we should have a, a, a segment called totally tangent, totally a tangent. Um, oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. So we can echo, edit those in. All right, folks, if you have listened to this, feel excited about this, know someone who might be a great guest, you might be a great guest, like get in touch, reach out. We're on Instagram um, at at Unfolding Sharp Corners. Feel free to DM us there um, and let us know what you're thinking about this. Does it feel good? Is there things we're missing? Does it feel like, wait, what are y'all doing? Like anything, let us (laughs) know. Let us know. Let us know. Um, and we'll we'll be receiving that um, as we design the next um, next season. Yes. Thank you all. Thanks Thank for listening. You. Bye. Thanks for joining us on Unfolding Sharp Corners. We consider this a community space where we can learn together. If you want to share your insights, questions, or feedback, we invite you to click the link in the episode description. We're on Apple. Google, and Spotify. Subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and follow us on Instagram at Unfolding Sharp Corners. Make sure to leave a review so we can continue to explore more corners with you. See you soon.